Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Podcast, a recap of the week in Atlanta sports, created by Atlanta sports fans for Atlanta sports fans. Welcome to episode 14 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. Uh, We are back with you. Uh, Even though sports aren't, we're still talking about them. Uh, Shockingly, we keep finding new stuff to talk about. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the horse competition that ESPN ran and uh, Trey Young's performance in that. We'll talk about uh, the proposed, or I guess rumored trade of Matt Ryan for Deshaun Watson. I know Jeremy's excited to talk about that one. Also, the idea of whether or not the Falcons are moving up in the draft. Uh, There's been a lot of smoke and rumor and discussion about them possibly trading up uh, to get a couple of different players, possibly. Uh, Also, the Falcons released their new uniforms, and this is right up my alley because I love new gear, and uh, the new uniforms are out, so we'll talk about uh, what we think about those. And then Garrett, his love affair with the homeless man, a.k.a. Luke Jackson, continues uh, as he'll talk a little bit about uh, how he's performing for the Braves and MLB The Show. So let's kick it off, guys, with the horse competition. And as we've already talked about on the show before, I I feel like it was robbed from me because basically two weeks before ESPN did it, we were talking about it, and then they did it. So I'd like to think that that we we influenced ESPN on that side. Yeah, they stole your one good idea. Well, I I don't want to take credit for the disaster that was this horse competition. Yeah, you can take you can take credit for that, Daniel. It was all Daniel Barks. They really botched it. (laughs) <laughs> they really botched it. It was not uh, not what I had envisioned. I didn't think that they'd have you know family members recording on their iPhone uh, and and sending that back and forth. That is not what I was thinking. I was thinking at least they'd all be on an actual basketball court and not in their driveway. That was sort of embarrassing. <laughs> like uh, the- I had a better court growing up than some of those people did, and mine was like the size of a room, and that was basically my basketball court growing up. So. I feel like mine was better than what some of those the NBA players were shooting on. It was brutal. I thought they'd at least get get like a gym. Like even if each player was in a, a separate gym, yeah, I'd be okay with that. But you can't have one person on a floor with markings and another dude shooting in his, you know, 12 by 18 cement slab basketball court. It was it was a little embarrassing. Uh, I saw a couple shots of the Chris Paul versus some WNBA person that I don't know. That's a and, uh, <laughs> I'm just being real. He had a fence, whatever home court, you're right, concrete fenced in, but he only had about six feet on one baseline. As the WNBA star took about a 20, 25 foot baseline jumper, and then he just walks over to his fence with about six feet from the goal and quote takes the same shot, <laughs> which he did miss, by the way, somehow. That's like the just, one life basketball court here in uh, in North in Cumming, where uh, it's a three point line, and then after the three point line, the out of bounds line is the wall. Like there's there's no out of bounds; it's the wall. See, so it's uh, well, actually that well, might have been better than the guy with the fence. If that wasn't bad enough, then they they switched to some in studio host who was supposedly commentating on this half of a horse competition that they're trying to show on TV. I mean, I thought recording on the flip phone was really the low point. I mean, the one person <laughs> had the flip phone they were on, I believe. Yeah, it's, uh, even the camera angles, like ESPN, like the guy that was in studio had his camera like 
you know, below his, his screen. So it's like getting the shot from like the chin up the nose a little bit. And it's, it was just not, it, you could tell they rushed and tried to just get something on the air hoping the, that people would watch. This is strike two for the ESPN and the NBA. I, mean, I didn't think it would get worse than the 2K competition, but oh. this, this was another step back for them. That was it really was. Really. Like I said, I had high hopes. I was really wanting to see them do something, uh, do something fun with it. And even the interaction between the players, I mean, it didn't get fun until Chauncey Billups started to actually play well and talk some trash to Trey Young. Um, and Trey Young shot the left-handed. Uh, we love you, Trey Young. I did text you to come on the show. By the way, you put your phone number up. I've gotten no response. But he went back to the left-handed free throw. I don't know three or four times. Like, come be more creative than shooting the, the same shot four times. That's like elementary school horse. Yeah, go from like sitting down on the patio, chunking it over the garage to the goal. That's what we. Yes. Need. Yes. It was. It just wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't uh, what I had hoped for. Uh, what I was. Uh, what I was envisioning. Like I said, my thought was that they'd at least rent each player a, a basketball court. Like nobody else is using it. Nobody yeah, else none is of in them, there. None of them are in use. It's a good time to find a basketball court. Yes. I'll get a good so, price. Yeah, exactly. So it was. It was disappointing. I had high hopes, and hopefully, uh, you know, next time that I come up with a brilliant idea like that, hopefully ESPN will talk to me about it before they before they ruin it. Or at least get iPhone like have it sponsored by Apple and get iPhones eleven or iPhone eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would be nice. <laughs> Maybe send them some sort of uh, internet uh, internet ability that'll that'll boost their uh, their their image because it was it was rough. Yeah, I've heard I've heard Zoom's getting pretty big. Maybe they could use them. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So unfortunately, starting on a low point with not much positivity, let's transition to uh, something else that you two can argue about, and that's uh, twelve up, which I never heard of before. Which might tell me that yeah, something gets from the get go. Twelve up is that a real yeah? Thing? <laughs> it was uh, it was retweeted by Brian Finner is why I saw it, and I uh, I was all over it when it talked about. Uh, this Falcons Texans Matt Ryan Deshaun Watson trade could confirm draft rumors and blow up the NFL. Written by Michael Luciano. I'm guessing Michael Luciano might be in high school and writing to come up with these ideas, but we're going to talk about it either way because what else is there to talk about? So I think I think Michael's got inside information. Garrett, what do you think? I think you're all over this, aren't you? It, uh, okay, I, I got to be honest. You sent the article. I didn't read it past the headline was this a straight up trade or were they, were they it was, about? It was. <laughs> all right it was they're saying all right they're saying it's not a straight up trade they think o'brien the coach for and general manager for the texans they have zero faith in him they think he's terrible sort of like we think of thomas dimitroff i mean he didn't and, get fleeced for that hopkins trade yeah he's that's been, what they're talking about so they say that that not only should it be ryan for Watson, but the Falcons should also send two first-round picks in addition to Ryan to make the deal fair. Wait, who should send for two first-round picks? Falcons <laughs> should send two first-round picks. <laughs> Correct. Well, the Falcons I hate to break it. Send I to break first-round it picks. We barely have enough first-round <laughs> picks, you know, for one. Uh, if it was straight up, hypothetical straight up, I would take it any day. A, a young athletic quarterback which i think we've been critical of our o-line matt ryan's not as athletic probably ever as deshaun watson is 
So if I if I can get a quarterback that can run and move, I will take that over old feeble Matt Ryan. Would you take it straight up, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, it'd be t- definitely be tempting if it was straight up. I think. What? With what? The two, okay. With the two number ones, uh, no thanks. With I mean, I wouldn't trade one number one of Matt Ryan for Deshaun Watson, but. If it was straight up, I'd take it. Actually, so Deshaun's had three seasons, uh, 17, 18, 19. Comparing him and Matt Ryan in those three years, it's almost identical, honestly, on their passing completion, their passer rate. Uh, Matt Ryan has more yards, passing yards, and Deshaun Watson obviously has like four times the amount of rushing yards as Matt Ryan. Uh, But they both have 85 total touchdowns. They both have one receiving touchdown for the same yardage. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous how identical their stats are. So, I'll take young, young Deshaun Watson over Matt Ryan. I'm surprised, Jeremy. You were you would make that trade straight up, Ryan for Watson. I mean, straight Why not? up, I probably would just because. I mean, Matt Ryan's getting up there in age. What is he? he's about to turn 35? He's almost as old as you are, Daniel. So, I mean. We know from your experience, I mean, the knees can just start going dramatically after you know, about 33, 34. So. Right before the hair goes. Sell while the getting good is what I say. We spend a lot of time on this show talking about my knees and lack of hair. We Maybe we I mean, need to start videoing this so people can actually see what we look like. I mean, I mean Karen's looking to upgrade, isn't she? I mean. <laughs> she has yelled at Matt Ryan from the sidelines in close enough ear distance to him for him to hear quote, marry me, Matt Ryan. So at that point I started getting a little worried. I don't think I can win that battle, but I don't, to, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> Next topic. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't keep that audio. I'll, t- so, I'll take, I'll take Deshaun Watson. If, if it's a straight up trade or even straight or a third round pick, I'd go for it. I wouldn't give up a first rounder though. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't give up the give up the draft pick. If it was straight up, it would be tempting. I don't know. I, the one the most tempting thing is the contract, right? Matt Ryan's contract is ridiculous. And I, I, I was just trying to to refresh my memory on what the contract is for next year. But I think it's like an eighteen million dollar hit this year, but next year it balloons. Jeremy, do you remember? Is it like Isn't thirty like 40? million or forty million? It's something ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty outrageous. I mean, that, um, they'll obviously redo, redo that deal at the end of the right. year and keep redoing. But at some it. point, that comes. At some point, that that comes due, and you got to pay it. So that's the one most interesting part to me is the idea of the contract because uh, it seems as of late that unless you're Tom Brady, that the teams that are making the Super Bowl are the teams that have a rookie. You know, rookie contract deal quarterback because they're not having to pay him a ton of money and they can invest that money elsewhere. And then once that quarterback gets established and they start paying him tons of money, then the 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 rest of the team suffers because you can't pay those those uh, defensive backs or the third defensive back. He's not getting paid what you know. You don't have the same quality guy in that you had before when you had the extra cash or an extra defensive end that could play. So, you know, that's the most interesting part to me that would make me want to do it. But I also hate change, so I don't know if I could pull the trigger or not. Pull it. All right, so so the Falcons also have talked about moving up in the draft, uh, and there's been a ton of talk about them moving up in the draft to pick up uh, a variety of guys have been on the 
on the uh, on the list. Uh, Javon Kinlaw was on there, which we talked about on the show not long ago. Uh, Chason from uh, LSU, or or Kason, however you say it, from LSU, uh, also one of the rumored rumored guys, as well as C.J. Henderson from uh, from Florida. So, any uh, any thoughts on moving up in the draft, Jim, or you want to stay pat and keep what we got, or would you rather see them trade down and get more picks? Oh, no, I have a thought. You know how we could have had a better draft pick this year? How Maybe if we didn't go seven and one in our last eight games or whatever. You mean we could have had a top ten pick? Uh, we we could have, Garrett. We were what two and nine to start of the year, or two and eight to start of the year, or whatever. It builds I, character, I Jeremy. It builds character, winning. Yeah, we turned over half the team, but it's really going to help us going into next year. The consistency from winning those last seven games. All right, so but how about how about now we're, the situation we're in? We can't change the fact that we started winning games. The situation we're in. Do you want them to trade up, stay where they're at, or trade back? Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I hate to kind of not answer the question, but I mean, it depends on how the draft falls. I mean, if there's if you got one of those DNs that's falling to you, like Kenlaw, I think you move up because I don't think he'll fall to you at sixteen. But, I mean, they've also got the cornerback from Florida who who would be a good fit. So, Do you all remember a few episodes ago when I, when I took my, if if it's a perfect world, who I'd want the Falcons to take in the first round? Do you remember who I wanted? Is that Espinosa guy or whatever? No, that's not. That, that was. <laughs> no, that's not my dream. I mean, me and I, don't listen to you talk generally. So, no. It was remember. the guy from Clemson. Simmons. I don't even know what, what we've said the past five minutes. So, <laughs> and y'all Simmons laughed at me. Is like Simmons is like a top eight guy, right? And you right? laughed at me like, no way the Falcons are getting him. That's not going to happen. Still true. He also is one of the guys that's rumored to be a possible uh, target for the Falcons and trading up to. So, yeah, that that's crazy. That doesn't mean it's a good idea. <laughs> so y'all don't I, want him to trade up at all, right? You because we're giving. I just. We're, I just don't know how we can give away more. I mean, I get. I think Thomas and Dan are on their kind of last last leg, so they're going to do whatever they can to be successful now. But I just don't see how trading up. We're obviously going to have to give away picks either this year, next year. I just don't see how we can afford to do that. I mean, good lord, you can't give away your second round pick when you ever you already traded the others when we had. But we're filling holes, guys, because we've been signing guys from the XFL, like defensive back Josh Hawkins. There's now we're, we're filling Josh holes Hawkins, with XFL players. He, he's a ball hawk, so I mean, let me guess he went to he went to uh, Oklahoma. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what position he plays. But if he made it in the XFL, he can make it anywhere. We picked up an XFL linebacker too, so obviously that hole's filled. So we can we can trade any way whatever we want. I mean, you you see how Thomas does in the draft, though. We might be better off grabbing some XFL guys. You say I have a little professional experience. Yeah, that's what, I mean, but really, that's why he needs quant, a quantity of picks because we know he's going to miss at least half of the picks he takes. So, I mean, we we can't be tr- trading away what we have left. All right, before we hate on Thomas too much, hey, the guy's I, got some picks about- right. I said it and, the last week. That that is true, and most general managers miss on like half their picks. Like, if you hit on half your picks every year, then you're pretty darn good. 
I think there's some years where he went zero. For I mean, Tack McKinley. Yeah, that's the first round pick. You were excited when it's, they picked Tack, though. Don't don't act like you weren't happy when they picked uh, McKinley. No, I was excited not, because he ran across the stage with a picture of his grandmother. <laughs> I thought he'd be hungry. <laughs> uh, he, he's already getting fined, so you think you'd want to perform and get plenty of money to make up for that. But and I don't think it's it's not the missing on the picks. It's missing on the important picks. You know, sure, GM. Anywhere past the third round is, you know, 40 to 50% success. And that's fine. But it's the big first round picks that Thomas struggles with. Vic, Tack, a guy with a bad heart. I mean, <laughs> it's just doesn't, just got to be better in the first round. We're not even calling him by his name anymore. It's just now the guy with the bad heart. I, I don't even know what his name is, to be he's honest. Got, he's got to play so we learn his name, honestly. I mean, yeah. But even, I mean, the first two rounds are really where you make your kind of mark on a team. I mean, every once in a while you'll get lucky and hit a, a late round pick. But, you know, those first two, you really got to hit most years. I mean, we've had way too many Peter Kahn's and Lamar Holmes. And it's just the name you there. It's, blow you it's, away. It's, he does seem to hit on some of these guys later in the draft. I know we aren't huge fans of uh, guys like Robert Alford, but uh, hey, Alford, know, uh, Alford was a decent player. That was a good pick. Yeah, I mean, he he was obviously a good good ball player for us. Freeman was a later round pick. I mean, Grady uh, Jarrett was a late round mm-hmm. pick. I mean, it was yeah, steal. Yeah, and he seems to actually hit on more of those than he does on those first and second round. Which I, I will give you that. Like, you've got to be seventy percent through your career. In that okay, first yeah. round pick. Right. So I'm looking at so eighteen, you got Calvin Ridley, and that's turning out good. Looking at seventeen. Tack, round one. Round three, Duke Riley, he's gone. Four, Sean Harlow. I I think our big hole is at guard, which if yeah. Sean Harlow was good, we wouldn't have that issue. And round five, K Z. He's, he's been a good player. pick. Which which has been good, yeah. And then Brian Hill also in round five, which is fine. Nothing, whatever. And then Eric Salbert, however you say the name, at tight end. So it's like out of that draft, it's like, well, KZ's the best player we have. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Out of, so, I don't know. You just got to be better than that. You can't go eight picks, you know, three years ago and only one guy is contributing. I'm with you. That's a bit of a problem, but on a positive side, well, possibly a positive side, the Falcons came out with new uniforms and this is my time to shine. So I'll go last. Jeremy, what did you think of the Falcons new uniforms that came out with? Did you see the Carolina Panthers Twitter release once they put out the uniforms? No, no. <laughs> what do they say? Oh, uh, they they compared them to the Adam Sandler prison football movie uniforms. And the longest like, yards. Yeah, it is like candy, shot for shot. I, mean, I was like, wow, <laughs> that is that's savage. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was impressed. Good job, Carolina Panthers media team, because that that was that's that better than the day they put out the. Thanks for your time here, Cam Newton. And he was yeah, still they, on the team. They made up for, they made up for that, Eric. 
Oh my gosh. So I mean, what were your thoughts? Do you think they look like the, the longest yard or are you on, you on board with them? I mean, I like some, uh, the ATL thing I'm not crazy about. I'm with you I there. I think that's kind of tacky, but the, I like the black, un, all black uniform. It's always like that kind of look, but mm-hmm. they're not bad. I mean, if that said Falcons across the front and not ATL, I wouldn't have a complaint about it. Yeah, the ATL, if, ter- that's terrible. What, what if it said Hot Atlanta? Yeah, that would <laughs> much better. That's about like ATL. It's basically what that is. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see on Hawks jerseys next year. NBA's always doing that stuff. I mean, as long as it's like in flames, Hot Atlanta in flames, <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah. Overall, yeah. I. Overall, I liked them. Yeah, they like, were. yeah, I'm with Jeremy. I, I like the all black. I, I like all white. It just looked a little. This all white version just seemed off. Uh, maybe with the right socks and accessories, uh, and with the helmet. It's all about it how you accessorize, better. Garrett. It's all about how you accessorize. I did like the flat black helmet. That's pretty, pretty sweet. Um, and then I, I. Honest, 100% will turn off the game when I see him run out in the fade red to black unis. That is brutal. I'm 100% with I, you. The, I the won't watch gradient it. is terrible. Yeah, why didn't they just go with the old school Falcons red jerseys? Yeah, I don't I don't know what the – whoever told them, yeah, we need to have a red red to black gradient jersey. It's, it's the kids these days. Oh, that's, that's rough. But I like the old red jerseys that we used to have, like – I thought those were pretty, pretty sweet, but yeah, that they're they, red. They had one of the the old, I guess, kind of throwback black jersey, white pants, kind of classic look. I've always been a fan of that. Yeah, I yeah, I'm with you there too. So, uh, I I think most games they'll be okay, but I swear that red faded red to black. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so that's what you want for Christmas is the yeah. the red to black I jersey. I don't care if it's the Super Bowl. I won't watch it. <laughs> That's a hard stance right there. That's a super hard I'm, stance. I'm partially colorblind, but even I can know. I even I know that's awful. <laughs> I've, I've got a Vic Beasley jersey you could have, Garrett, if you want it. It's up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs> Put it as a Twitter gift. So I'm I'm with y'all. Obviously, I like the 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 classic one that they that they kept. That I like that a lot. The one thing I was most disappointed with is that I was hoping the red helmet was coming back. I was hoping not just the red helmet, but I thought they were just going to go back to the old Falcon and the red helmet. And that would have been, to me, that would have sealed the deal. The red helmet was awesome. And that's really the only thing other than that gradient red to black jersey. Other than those that I'm on board. But if they'd thrown that red helmet on there, I would have uh, I would have been super excited. With what they have, it's it's fine. It's not... It's not. I'm not super super jacked about it, as Quinn would say, but I'm not disappointed in it. It's just, man, if that red helmet was there, I'd be, I would be on board 100. percent I think it's funny they kind of got strong armed into releasing them early. Yeah, <laughs> that story like they were supposed to get released a week later, but the the photos started leaking, so it's like, ah, crap. I guess we got to tell everybody now. <laughs> yeah, and it was clear that those were the jerseys, like. It, and if we, when you watch the video of the unveiling of them, it's the guys that they're getting dressed in are the guys that are in the photos. Yeah. So yeah, and they got they released the day after Tampa, so now we're always going to get compared with the new Tampa, well, sort of new Tampa jersey. It's basically just the 1990 Tampa jersey. But yeah. 
too bad we're not in Cleveland and we can't talk about their New Jersey's unveiling from from brown brown to brown. Yes, those are the worst. Those are the they took the word Browns off the pants and now they're saying that's a new uniform. It's like no, not a new uniform. Same thing as orange. (laughs) Yeah. I, I am also a fan of the new uniforms, the alternate options for the road. I'm a big fan of the white jersey and the black pants. That's what I used to always rock in Madden with the Falcons and when I used to crush Jeremy's hopes and dreams with the Velcro, Velcro defense. <laughs> he still can't figure it out. No, he still can't Velcro figure defense, it out. Daniel, you don't play video games anymore, but if you ever do, <laughs> I, I will show I'd you. Like to, I'd like to challenge that. I was about to say, I will get Madden. We would have a better ESPN version of a football game with a video game than what they've been putting up here recently. So, Maybe we film that and put that on YouTube. But I, would, uh, I, would I was searching talk my you st- to <laughs> hang on, you and what? I, I'm trash talk you down the world, Daniel. You want that? <laughs> We're gonna have to do this. I, your reflexes I don't are not what, your reflexes are not what they used to be. That's, that is very true. In Call of Duty, I get embarrassed by the kids these days. It's bad. If, uh, if anybody listening has the uh, NCAA football 2014. Uh, if you could kindly send it my way, I do, have, I do have that carrot actually. If you could send it down here, I know on eBay they're going for a hundred plus dollars right now. But are you serious? I'm uh, no joke. I was searching all through my storage trying to find my old NCAA game, but I couldn't find it. I did find an NBA 2K15 that I think I bought to play with you guys for about a week, and then I got bored with it. But and it's not going for a hundred dollars. I'm assuming. No, it is not. <laughs> but in NCAA 14, the last one released, catching a pretty penny on eBay. That's awesome. But yeah, I am excited about the white and black combo for the away jerseys, and I am, Jeremy, willing to get Madden to to put this to a rest. So we may have to do that between now and next Monday. Bring it on. <laughs> See, and I can, ha- I can uh, be commentator. And roast both of you guys. That's what they need the NBA to make it more exciting. Can you That's film exactly. it on your iPhone so we can <laughs> <laughs> the horse competition? Yeah, you can come to my living room, Garrett, and, and film with your iPhone. <laughs> I got it. That, that would be great. So next week, we also need to come up with our uh, our mock draft for the Falcons. All three of us will will come with a draft, and uh, we'll see which one of us ends up getting closest. Who should be who should be the Falcons GM? Daniel's trading up to three for that Clemson guy. <laughs> He's trading picks uh, or second, third, and fourth round. Oh my gosh! He's going all yeah, the way so, to Clemson yeah. at the end. We're gonna we're gonna pick in round one and then out again in round seven. <laughs> It'll be a really easy draft for me. So we'll bring that next week. That'll be uh, something to look forward to as we get ready for the the NFL draft cool. next week, and we'll. we'll Send that out on Tuesday. Here, here's a quick off topic. Oh gosh, who who thinks the NFL draft's going to go off, go smooth? Everybody's like skyping in from their houses, and I think it's going to be a disaster. Somebody's somebody's computer or somebody's phone is going to get hacked, and there's going to be a, a trade that's not really supposed to happen. There's no way it goes smoothly. There's too many super smart people out there that have nothing to do right now. That are going to mess with it. Right. 100%. Well, and uh, I'll give it the local radio station. Was that, they're actually talking about it. 
comparing it to we've all done it when you do your fantasy draft online and the player you want gets taken right before your selection (laughs) trying to scramble around and figure out who you're going to pick it's going to happen some team's going to be you know they're going to miss their pick because they technical difficulties or they're trying to scramble on the computer and select a new guy who's espn say the next best pick is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely going to have uh, some hay, some haywire moments for sure. All right, so we'll look at we'll look forward to that for next week. But this week to wrap up, Garrett, unless Jeremy has something else afterwards, your love affair with the homeless man, aka Luke Jackson, has been performing for the Braves on MLB The Show. So has he been as bad on there as he has been as a pitcher for the Braves? Luke Jackson is my hero. Well, th- thank you for asking about Luke Jackson. He, uh, you know, he started off a little rocky. Uh, I think well, he was one in three after the first round of games. Uh, full disclosure: I have not watched a single one of these these games. But they play, I guess, three inning games, four games in each session, or I don't really know how it works. But Luke Jackson's three and five, uh, third place in the NL East. And uh, honestly, about average with the rest. He'd be in third place in basically every division. Sounds like Uh, his career. Average. Average. Just don't say that on Twitter because Braves Twitter will absolutely attack you for for talking bad about Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson was the star and the savior for the Braves bullpen. They wouldn't Jeremy, have won the feel division. Feel free to jump in at any time here. Okay, tell me the Braves would have won the division without Luke Jackson last year. They would have. Yes, that the Braves is... would have won the division without Luke Jackson. With with who? Who? who I could have gone up, up there and thrown balls better than Luke Jackson half the time, dude. You would have got shelled. Just because you throw hard like Luke Jackson does, doesn't mean that you're a good pitcher. The difference between throwing and pitching. Luke Jackson throws and prays. Unfortunately, he just throws in a straight line. Is that a shot at his religion? <laughs> I'm not sure we know his religion. Yeah, well, I think he prays every time before he pitches. So if you, if you want to take a religious shot, Daniel, that's fine. But I'm not going to be is, associated with it. That is, <laughs> that is not what is happening right now. Don't, <laughs> don't box me in with that. All right. So just kind of uh, – Final recap on this. Joey Gallo with the Rangers, or is it Gayo? I don't know. Is it Spanish? He's 8 0. Bo Bichette, 7 1. The two clear leaders for this MLB uh, the show. Everybody else is pretty evenly matched. Right, hanging out right around 500. Jeremy, Garrett just mentioned a moment ago, and I'm still struggling with this that the Braves won the division because of Luke Jackson. I, I, I sent a friend a text. Do you know message. how awful the bullpen was for a, said, several was months awful. there, and Luke I Jackson said, was the only guy who could come in and close out a game or have some sort of stability night after night. I mean, they would have to like if they didn't have him, they would have had to trade for somebody who filled yeah. that role. That's probably true. Yeah, they would have had to trade a lot sooner. Probably giving up a prospect or two. So when I asked a friend to describe Luke Jackson in one word. They said unreliable, followed by, I wanted to say dumpster fire, but that was more than one word. Where does this love for Luke Jackson come from? 
Like well, every time you watched him pitch, it was like you lost all your fingernails from chewing on them because you were so nervous about what he was going to do. You're right. And for a while there, we knew what every other pitcher would do, and that was to blow the game wide open. Luke Jackson did. He blew seven of them. He had, he had to have like a six-run lead look sometimes, at, just to have a chance of it, holding on to that lead. Uh, he blew some saves, but if you look at it, I think I believe the Braves won five of those yeah, out of the seven blown saves. So uh, the, the offense bailed him out. So that doesn't that doesn't speak highly to Luke Jackson. And my point though. exactly like I've talked to before he, was if Luke Jackson was good, we don't make all those trades to bring in a closer. No, Luke Jackson's not a closer though. He got thrown into the closer roles because we had zero options. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Luke Jackson is not a closer. Yeah, is not. He's probably not he's not probably not an eighth inning guy either. I agree. But in the right situation, in the right position, he's a good pitcher. I mean, like he'll be I mean, I think this year he'll have more of a opportunity to kind of be in the role he's suited for. Like Garrett said, he he's he would have never been the guy you picked to do that, but he kind of just fell into the role because he's suited or, for Triple A. Yeah, but everybody doing it last year was either got hurt or was terrible. So he was the only one that came in, you know, more more often than not got saves. I mean, he gives a heart attack every night, but he got saves more often than not. That's a oh ringing endorsement of Luke Jackson. Yeah, that's the best we could come up with there. That's why I think I when you when he is put in the right situation this year, whenever that is, I think you're gonna come back to me and you're gonna apologize, and you're gonna need to make an apology to Sir Luke Jackson <laughs> because you're gonna see what type of top level pitcher he really is. I, honestly, I hope to, because that means baseball's on, and I would love to have that uh, ability to uh, either praise or continue to criticize Luke Jackson. But so that means base, so how, baseball's playing. I can deal with yeah. that. So how about this for the baseball? I heard – I can't take credit. Somebody else was, was talking about this, but they're throwing out ideas on the – for the MLB season to condense games or make – you know, compress the schedule. Uh, so they throw out an idea that all three of us have experience in. And that's going to the uh, one-pitch softball style of the game. Oh, yes. <laughs> How awesome would that be to see in a Major League Baseball? You got one pitch, strike, out, walk. That's that awesome. The order. group that we played with in that environment. <laughs> that's what? That was a classic group we played with in that one-pitch. Oh, oh, yeah. Atmosphere. Definitely the, the top rung of the the human race it's a it's a step down from bowling alley league I think. <laughs> the guys that that won't that that i could just sit up there and take and take and take if it's not if it's not right in the sweet zone if the it's if it's zone? anywhere near the plate if it's anywhere near the plate did you call, call a refer to a softball target as a sweet zone what do you want from me no <laughs> these were jim's referring to these uh Gentlemen, a little edgy, probably shot up some roids in their biceps in the parking lot as they <laughs> pounded some adult beverages. On their choppers. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was a requirement to have a handlebar mustache. Oh, my uh, gosh. So. And two ex-wives, I think. that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. 
down in. Well, before we go down this rabbit hole, Jeremy, do you got, well, actually, while we're down this rabbit hole, speaking to these people, Jeremy, do you have anything on the WWE slash WWF that you'd like to share? Thanks for asking, Daniel. I do, actually. <laughs> oh, gosh. For Jeremy McKay's weekly match of the night, I go to the Raw main event, which was Andre Day versus Drew McIntyre. El Adido went after the left arm as they keep their NXT feud in 2017, but McIntyre didn't allow him to keep the upper hand for long. The Scottish psychopath even managed to take out Garza and Theory. McIntyre picked up the win with a Claymore kick after a brief but competitive match. Did you just use the word Claymore kick? Is that what I heard? Yeah, that's what I heard. Claymore kick. That's the name of the move, Daniel. Oh my god! I mean, if you want to take it up, you could probably take it up with Jim McIntyre, but he's a lot bigger than you are, so <laughs> I don't know how that would go. Oh man, you're welcome. Sports has <laughs> to come back soon because that comes back barely... until we get sports back. <laughs> oh, no. This is going to take our ratings through the roof. Yes, yes, it's, this is what's going to push us over the top. Well, we lost me and Garrett's XFL segment like the second week because it stopped. Moment of silence for the XFL. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that they're shut down. (laughs) Full run out for the homies. Uh, I mean, that was just bad timing. That the league was was meant to last, built to last, and just just bad timing on their part. They They made it all like six weeks. Oh man. Well, Jeremy, any other uh, wrestling commentary before we before we close out for the show? No, okay. we'll be back next week with the Raw Match of the Week. <laughs> well, and next week we've got our uh, our NFL draft, um, our NFL draft highlights where we think the Falcons are going with their picks. So, so check out that next week. Other than that, thank y'all as always for listening, gentlemen. Great job as always, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Yep. That is it for episode 14 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening as we all move through this unprecedented time. We're having a blast making the show and hopefully it's bringing you a little bit of joy as well as we're all missing sports. As always, thank you so much for listening and have a great week, Atlanta.